0: Hello again, everyone. This is Doug Thorpe, and you're listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense. I'm really excited about this show today. Of course, I realize I'm guilty of saying that about a lot of my shows, but I can't help it. I got some great folks that agree to come sit in the chair next to me, uh, virtually that is, and today is no exception. I've got a gentleman named Rob Dubay and you may not recognize rob's name just by its own standalone value but you're definitely going to know some of his activity he's got a long story as an associate and business partner of gino wickman uh, who of course is the creator of the entrepreneur operating system And Rob has graciously agreed to sit in Gino's stead here on my show and join us for a discussion. So, uh, Rob, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me, Doug. I'm so grateful to you for spending time, and I'm happy to sit virtually next to you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I think this is going to be a good one because th- there is clearly a lot of popularity and understanding about EOS and what it has meant for small business. Rob, what's the ballpark number now of companies that have embraced the EOS model for?
1: 200,000.
0: Yeah, I knew it was up there. <laughs> and Worldwide. It, it... Has has there been any effort to extrapolate the dollars uh, driven by that?
1: I'm sure there has, but I have nothing to do with the U.S. worldwide, <laughs> okay. so I have no, I can't I can't answer that question.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I want to ask you something, and this is a I'll call it a personal question. It's not really literally that, but it's a mind focused question. For all the things you've had to deal with this week in your own business activity. This is a multiple choice selection question. Out of four areas, what is the one area that has been really front and center, top of mind for you? Is it people? Is it process? Is it product, or is it performance? Well, <laughs> all of
1: those every day. <laughs> you know, at top of mind is always sales and marketing. So process, you know, comes to mind, and maybe performance you know, because uh, I think you know, we always like to say, but for sales and marketing, we have an amazing company. <laughs> and right. in my other companies, we would often say that. So it's, can you really dial it in? Um, now that may have been my path. Others' paths may be the different. They may be amazing at sales and marketing, but their processes in terms of how they deliver their products or services might be breaking left and right. So I it's curious what kind of leader you are, what kind of entrepreneur you are that might lead you to answer that in a certain certain way but for us you know we always talk about but for sales and marketing so yeah. we're always working on that process
0: and certainly that's a common plea among most small business owners they they truly believe in their product or their service but they're always looking for that edge on how to how to generate more leads get more sales get more customers in yeah. the door and more orders on the platform so definitely yeah. a, a key thing Well, give us a little bit of a flyover, if you can, Rob, on on your journey and what it's taken to get you to where you are and what has shaped your ideas about what you're doing now.
1: I will do that. So. When I was uh, very young, my best friend and I started selling blow pop lollipops out of our locker. Uh, And so the entrepreneurial bug bit us. And then through high school and college, we were selling, 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 you name it, we were out there hustling it. Right out of college, we started our first company together. It's called Image One. And we grew the company. And in 1999, we met Gino. And as we were talking before we started recording, Gino helped us get our act together because we were running the business you know, for a good eight years by the seat of our pants. It was no wonder we were still around, but somehow we were making it happen. We incorporated the EOS process at that time as one of his first seven clients, and we embraced it uh in a very you know we were doing such a good job with it and ab- about 2004 we were approached by a public company and they were interested in acquiring image one and we uh went through the process and ended up selling it to them so we were about 32 years old and I say that story for a couple of reasons, but one is just how important it was for us to have a process to run the business, which we didn't have before, and the kind of value that that brought to us when that unique opportunity was presented to us. Then we were... Uh, we we were with that company for about 18 months and uh, they had some changeovers in management and they ended up giving us the company back. So we had an 18 months hiatus and then we got the company back. And uh, and that was dumb luck, you know. But you hear that story often, and that's why I like to share it. You hear the story of the entrepreneur selling and then getting it back at a later time. And at that time, we got a a unique opportunity to think about how do we want to do things differently. And we were inspired by a book called Small Giants: Companies That Choose to Be Great Instead of Big, and uh, that's written by Bo Burlingham. And so we really put our focus on people and uh, culture, and really trying to look at the totality of our team members' lives. And so with that focus, we moved forward. Uh, We opened up our books. We started practicing open book management uh, through The Great Game of Business, which was created by Jack Stack, another great book called The Great Game of Business. And through that, Uh, we continue to grow the company uh, which is now um, uh, we have team members all over uh, the country Uh, we have 70 team members and do a little over 20 million dollars in sales And my business partner and I are no longer running the company. So that kind of brings it full circle in that we still are owners of the company, whole whole owners of the company, but we have a very capable, much more capable CEO in place or visionary in EOS terms uh, that's running the company now.
0: Fabulous. You, You hit on a couple of really key points that I'd love to highlight the The first being being able to create an entity that has its own existence in life, whether that's through systems or process, excuse me, or all the other things, because, you know, how many times have I run into an entrepreneur that says he's got a great idea, wants to build this business, and then ultimately get the big payday when he exits, but they don't do the work to build systems, processes, and and scalable, repeatable, reliable effort to do the business. And I've gotten aware now in my life when I meet a new owner, uh new-to-me owner, that's the first question I'll ask them. Can you take a month away from this business and it won't skip a beat? That is,
1: first of all. That's a wonderful question to ask somebody because usually I'm sure you're here. The answer is no. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so, yes, the importance of the processes in making it not about you and you needing to be there all the time, but that the business can run through the processes and the people and Jack Stack always would like to always say it, it when something breaks, it's the process. It's not the people, but somehow we go to the people first but it's the process that's broken and so you're so right about that and you know we put a big emphasis on process early on thank you know thanks to the EOS process for running the business and the emphasis on our systems and processes within the organization by doing so by the way it creates added value to your business because When a potential acquirer is looking at your asset because your business is an asset, hopefully if it's doing well, they're looking at, you know, how can we scale this thing, you know, and how can we get a return on our investment? And if everything's broken and it's running by the seat of its pants, they're not going to feel comfortable. And that's going to either lower your multiple or they're just going to go away.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. If, if if that continuity is not there, there really is no asset. If if every transaction is a one-off event, a potential buyer is going to scratch their head and go, I don't want to get involved in that. And I I can't tell you sadly how many times I've I've run into entrepreneurs and and good friends actually that mm-hmm. have worked to build a business, worked their whole life, basically had a good livelihood and had a good return during the way and maybe invested a little bit, saved a little bit. But now they're ready to sell it. And they think, ah, now I get my payday. But when they go away, the business goes away. And right. there is no asset to transfer to a new owner.
1: That's right. You got it. And besides that, outside of, you know, the idea of making sure you have strong processes so you can be away, you know Gino and I have two other businesses which I mentioned to you. These are more in startup phase they're two couple years old, um, and one is called the ten disciplines and what we talk about in the ten disciplines is the idea of taking time off uh eventually getting to the point where you Take a month sabbatical every year, and why that's so important for you and for your team. For you, you are getting away from all the minutiae and all the things that are taking up a lot of your mind space day in and day out. And you're allowing yourself to settle and re energize and come back stronger with greater ideas, greater visions. That you can, you have the energy to go out and execute on. But what you're doing with your team is you're empowering them to know, I trust you you're going to make sure that this is running smoothly. You don't need me actually. And now I can level up Is one way of saying it, you know, and, and work at a higher level. And, and every year you do that, you just keep leveling up and leveling up. So there's such power in being able to be thinking in that way. I want to get to a point where I can do a month long sabbatical.
0: For the, portion of the population that goes out and, and makes the commit to start a business, but they struggle either, I'll call it emotionally or psychologically, with giving up that control. <laughs> what do you say to them about, about, you know, a new view, a new idea?
1: Well, you know, this is part of what we teach in the 10 Disciplines. It's three parts. It's, it's first, understand you, protect you, free you. So understand you is, I'm going to go back to what you just talked about. Oftentimes, entrepreneurs start businesses because they are unemployable and they want some level of what they think is control. But what they end up creating for themselves is a job that comes with a lot of angst and anxiety. (laughs) Now, why would you do that? Why don't you just go get a job? (laughs) And you want to control everything. And to what we were talking about earlier is we need to learn to let go. You know, there's a saying again in EOS world where we talk about delegate and elevate. And that's what you want to keep doing. Keep growing in your ability to lead a team and make this business go beyond you. And some entrepreneurs, oftentimes we find, feel a need to be wanted you know uh, to to know that they're the they're the person that everyone goes to with the problem and that they get to solve the problem i would argue that's not great leadership <laughs> great that's leadership funny. is empowering your team to fix the problems And then again, you know, where you can bring yourself to another level and work on strategic partnerships, big deals, visions, the way to connect dots to really grow your business and and truly bring it to new levels that provide new opportunities for the team that you're growing.
0: I've often looked back, excuse me, look back on my own career in banking and said, and I've told this story before, Mm -hmm. there were too many companies, and I had a chance to know, that suffered from the owner not wanting to give up that control. And, and it became the immediate limiting factor. I mean, if, if nothing else, the, the literal, there are only so many hours in a day. You know, how much can go through that one funnel in the company being the owner? And I... I coined a phrase after I watched these companies over time, I'd call it the paradox of success. As the company takes off and gets to a certain level of performance, you know, everybody's celebrating. Yippee, it's it's becoming what I always thought it would be, so on and so on. But then all of a sudden, there's a genuine opportunity to really expand, maybe 2X, 3X, 10X, what they're doing. But the owner is not willing to, hire that maybe maybe even hire a ceo or hire a, at least hire a coo to to run the operation or a chief sales guy whatever they're they're not building uh, willing to build that level beneath between them and the masses yeah and even if they do agree to hire those people the real question is will you empower them that's right.
1: Understand you. If the business is becoming about you, it's becoming about your identity. And this is where you have to go a little bit more inside <laughs> and take a close look at right. what how you're showing up and why you're doing this. And so, yeah, I, I love what you're what you're sharing about, even the unwillingness to bring in a key team member to help level up the business.
0: So you mentioned the one initiative, the 10 Disciplines. What's the other initiative that you're working on?
1: The other initiative is called Entrepreneurial Leap. This is for early stage entrepreneurs who have less than 10 employees. And what we help them do through an academy that takes about, that's a nine month academy, is we teach them how to confirm that they're up for being an entrepreneur. So first of all, just look inside. Am I up for this challenge? Then we help them get a glimpse of what they're going to encounter as they continue to grow their company. And then we give them a clear path to run the business successfully with the right processes and systems, to your point, so they can keep growing the business. So um, as I mentioned, it's an academy. It's a full day every 90 days where we take a deep dive into confirm glimpse and path.
0: I like that. And, and that's done in a virtual group setting? No, that's live. Okay.
1: And uh, currently um, we do this set. the uh, academies are in Detroit, Michigan uh but we're expanding them out to different cities as we speak i think our next one's coming up in indianapolis indiana and uh we hope to see it continue to grow as i mentioned we're a startup ourselves we need to be focused on our systems and processes too <laughs> <get>
0: it <laughs> it's been great out.
1: to have that you know experience from when we were young uh to really set it up in the right way and to see it expand and multiply faster
0: i think i know to the i i think i know the Answer to the question I'm getting ready to ask, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Yeah. Is there one big takeaway, Rob, that you've learned in your journey as a business owner, entrepreneur? Is is there one giant so what that you've figured out along the way? (laughs) I'm going to give you three.
1: Okay. The first is I'm driven. Okay. So So are all the entrepreneurs who listen to you. You, you are wired a certain way. It's genetic, actually. Uh, there's a D2, D4 gene. It doesn't pop the same way that everyone else's D2, D4 gene does. And so we never feel, f- feel fulfilled. So we're always striving. We're always going. And nobody can keep up with us. <laughs> and we can't figure out why, so we feel crazy. But let's normalize it. It's about 10% of the population. So you're in unique company. And that percentage of the population that's driven, entrepreneurs, high-performing athletes, high-performing anybody in any field are the driven. That's 10%. And these are people that change the world through their services, products, inventions, you know, uh, all those kinds of things. So normalizing that you're driven. The next one's a little deeper. And that is... You're always making your decisions out of love or fear. So recognize that, love or fear. Love comes from your heart. And when you know, when your intuition, when your heart's telling you this is the right thing, you know it's the right path for you. But what we end up doing is make, making decisions from fear or from our ego. Ego isn't bad. It's there to protect us. It's important. But it's coming from uh, oftentimes it's coming from a place of fear that could be emotions that we're feeling uh, it could be a small decision a big decision the way we're showing up in front of our team members when it's from fear we're showing up the wrong way and that affects our ability to be good solid leaders and grow our companies now here's the last thing I learned that you can be driven and have peace. it is possible and but we think that our driven nature is our edge is what differentiates us. And and so we don't we feel like if we if we have peace, we're losing our edge, then we won't be successful. <laughs> but it's actually the opposite. When you when you let go a little, you go from this driven person that can make things from one X to 10X to this driven person with peace that works from love, and you're a hundred Xing things all of a sudden. Things are flowing, or as we like to say, floating, F-L-O-W-T, floating. (laughs) You are in such flow with your business, it feels like you're floating.
0: You know, that's interesting you bring that up, and I'm going to have to remember that word. I have a client right now. She happens to be a fairly senior executive at a, a larger company, not entrepreneurial, but through a process of things we've been working on helping her reframe her thinking about her role, her duties, her abilities. The last two sessions we've had, she's come to me with describing this floating idea and, and she's a little bit freaked out about it. It's like, am I missing something? Is something And I'm going, (laughs) no, no, you've got it working. You know, you've got it going on.
1: Yeah. You know, it, 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 that's funny because you, it's, it, it's almost scary when you start to feel that way. It's like, cause you were wired so differently for so many years. And so there's something like this doesn't feel right, but it's when you're harnessing these constant flow of ideas that you have as a leader in a, in a large company, you know, or, or as an entrepreneur, and then your decisions start becoming more clear. And when your decisions are more clear, you're attracting all these different opportunities and you're feeling this peace the entire time. And that's the way we should be operating. And, you know, that's why Gino and I created that word, float, F-L-O-W-T. And And uh, we hope that we can get more people working in, in that way.
0: I love that. Well, count me on the bandwagon. I, I, I hope think, so. I think that's a great word. And I want to go back to one of the other things you said as you were describing the first element, the high-performing individual. And and yeah. I, I had not heard the sighting of, of an actual DNA connection there. Yeah. It, it certainly makes sense to me that that would be true. But as you were describing that, I was thinking about an episode I did last year's, episode number 62. I interviewed a Dr. Ruth Goshen, and uh, she has done a lot of work in interviewing, working with very high-performing individuals, and I, I'm talking about astronauts and uh, Nobel Prize winners and and Olympic gold medalists and and people such as that that are, arguably, by any standard at at way at the top of the game. And and she said it was interesting at one point, in her work, she had a, assembled all these interviews and written a book about it and then had a reception. I think it was part of the book launch. She actually got these people to agree to come to a reception and and work the room. She said the the, the unexpected element of that event was these people were standing there the Nobel guys were over here on one side of the room, going, "Where's the astronaut? Where's the astronaut? Where's the astronaut?" And the astronauts were going, "Where's the Nobel guys? Where's the Nobel guys?" And, and you know, there was this, there was this affinity and, and so excitement cool. about uh, still aspiring to, you know, understand other greatness.
1: Yes. God, oh, that's such a great story. Yeah.
0: So, uh, it, 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 and, and you've got to blame that on DNA. I, I, don't think, uh, <laughs> I don't think normal people think that way. It's so true. But, but that, that's funny. Well, Definitely before I let you go, I, I, I do want to talk a little bit about our central theme here on the show, the element of leadership. When does leadership kick in to the success of an entrepreneurial venture?
1: Hmm. When does it? Uh, you're thinking. You're asking me in terms of timing. Uh, perhaps. Yeah. Well, you know, I I can only share my own experiences and and in the kind of the journey that I was on, which was, you know, as a young entrepreneur. I'm not even thinking about leadership. I'm just out there, you know, hustling, you know, knocking on doors. I'll never forget that experience. But then you start getting team members or employees and they're looking to you for answers in leadership. And you may not you know, know how to lead, and so this is where you start. Have to really start to understand uh, how you show up each and every day, and the effect that it has on that person and that person, uh, the people around that person. In other words, if if you're not leading them well, they go home. I always used to talk about the what, what are they saying at the dinner table, you know, about the people that they're working with, about the experience that they're having at the company, and because th- that's their time to vent. Or talk about an amazing thing that happened today at work. And so, as leaders, that's what we're here to do. I mean, you know, there's a lot of talk about servant. Leadership, and in order to truly be a wonder, you know, a great servant, I feel like you have to put, you know, my experience has been you have to put the mask on yourself first to, to use the airline, um, you know, you know, the airline analogy. Uh, before you can help others, you must help yourself first. So it's important to go inside to find places of peace, whatever that means for you. To be still each and every day. I mean, we recommend people. Find 30 minutes of stillness each and every day and just let the, let the, um, your body settle, you know, and, and, and allow your mind to find some space so you can slow down with your people, slow down with your decisions, slow it all down because you know, the saying, when you slow down, you go faster. And so, um, you know, those are things that come to my mind and as it relates to the question that you just
0: asked Well, and thank you for that answer. And as some who know me will probably say I planted that, but I promise everybody it wasn't a plan. It was very spontaneous, but it is consistent with the point. I think for most small business owners, especially when you're in that first or second stage of growth, It's all about the day to day. It's all about standing it up and getting it going. And you might have, excuse me, you might have a couple of people working with you. But to your point, you're really not thinking in terms of, am I the right leader I need to be? You're you're thinking more in terms of, have I cleared my 50 point checklist today?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's right.
0: And, and and so I'm not being critical of that by any means, but what I am saying is that as that business does in fact grow and does reach that window of opportunity for really expanding and taking off, that's when the leadership question starts to enter in. And it goes back to what we were saying a moment ago, the... The effective leader will be willing to ask the question, do I need others to share this load? And can I surround myself with people that make up for the gaps I've got and make up for the weaknesses I bring to the game? And am I going to be willing to give them the, the reign and autonomy to go do those things?
1: That's right. You don't have to be the superhero. You know, what the most effective leaders do is they surround themselves with amazing people. I've talked to, and I know you through your podcast and, and through my, you know, experience for however many years in the entrepreneurial community, anybody who's had some great measure of success in terms of a company being successful or financial success, whenever I've asked them, what's the most important thing that you've had to focus on that is I've had the I put a focus on having the best people around me, (laughs) you know, so I, it's very consistent. I don't know, Doug, if you hear that as well. Yes, I, I
0: certainly do. And, and, and part of that plays out, well, it plays out in many different ways, but the thought that came to my mind is the whole idea of somebody saying, I want to build a company with a certain kind of culture. Well, that's a great goal and it's certainly needed in a lot of segments of our economy and in our communities but if you 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 can spend all day putting that definition of the culture on paper but if you're not out there hiring the people that can fulfill that 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 don't think similarly and you're you're not going to get there i I had a fascinating interview uh, a while back with a gentleman that had a 25-year career with the hard rock cafe and he was one of their people managers and as as you anybody that's familiar with hard rock knows it's a culture of you know purple hair tattoos and nose piercings you know (laughs) Um But his point was, we intentionally went out to hire broken toys. That was his phrase <laughs> <laughs> hey. We look for broken toys, and he said, the miraculous thing about it when you really spend a minute talking to those people they're they're wonderful people that want to do well in this world and and well not being necessarily financially rich or anything mm-hmm. mega mega millionaire or anything but but they just enjoy engaging others serving others showing That's up right. and and having a little bit of fun at work
1: yeah it's so true
0: and that's what you get when you go buy your $50 hamburger at the Hard Rock Cafe. <laughs> that's, right.
1: that's right. That is what you and get. And by the
0: way, he wasn't ashamed of admitting that, you know. If yeah,
1: goes. no, absolutely. It's all part of the experience. Yeah,
0: that was part of the deal, but that's exactly why you do it. That's right. Well, Rob, I really appreciate you sitting in. Uh, any closing message you want to leave the audience with as we wrap this thing up
1: yeah I think it's really important as an entrepreneur or as somebody in a leadership role to really put an emphasis as I mentioned before on really understanding you get inside spend time uh, learning who you are and what you're about you know know thyself as they say um, and then, Once you have that in place and you feel that you really are knowing yourself, protect yourself, create your boundaries. Because when you create those boundaries, although they may at times feel selfish, it's putting the mask on first so you can be better to serve those around you. So create your boundaries. And things like having to say no often, things like not doing things below your pay grade, you know, things like making sure that you're always prepared every single night for the next day. And things like having one place where you keep all your notes and all your all the things that are happening through each and every day, which most people have in a million places these days, they're, 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 you know, somewhat unorganized. So these are some of the things that are really important, understanding yourself, and protecting yourself. And through that, you will free yourself. You'll be a better leader for those around you.
0: I love it. Thank you very much. And that's a great Thank summation you. of a very, very powerful message. Well, Rob, if folks are interested in getting a hold of you to learn more, what's the best way for them to reach out?
1: Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share that. The10disciplines.com. So it's the10disciplines.com.
0: Great. Well, as always, folks, we will have that information in the show notes, both on audio and video. So hop over there, check out what Rob's got to offer. And one last time, Rob, amazing man. Thank you for sitting in. Thank
1: you for having me, Doug. I'm so grateful to you and to all the amazing work that you're doing with the podcast and in your business.
0: I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, folks, I always want to remind everybody we do have a video version of this. If you're listening on the streaming channel right now, hop over to YouTube channel by the same name, Leadership Powered by Common Sense. Take a look, check around, shop around, see what you want to do. And please leave us some comments and feedback so we can really continue to sort of shape and craft our direction as we go. With that, we're going to sign off, say goodbye, and wish you a great day. You've been listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense, hosted by Doug Thorpe. If you would like to know more about the coaching and advisory services he provides, visit DougThorpe.com.